Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, March 1st. I'm Jonathan All. Women now make up a majority of veterinarians in the U.S., but they still face skepticism and even discrimination in rural areas where there's a shortage of vets. They called a vet out, but they're not expecting you, and by you I mean a woman, and you step out and they're thinking there's no way you can do this. The need for women to step into large animal practices in rural areas, despite the many challenges, that story's coming up on The Gateway. Missouri is one of the few places in the country without statewide codes for building, electrical work, plumbing, and other activities associated with construction. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid reports a bill filed this week in the Missouri legislature aims to change that. The Missouri Building Codes Act would establish baseline building codes for cities that already have a version of them. The statewide codes would be reviewed and updated at least every six years. Charlie Hinderleiter is the coalition director for Safer Simpler Missouri, which supports the legislation. He says this change would help places like St. Louis County, where some cities have building codes from decades ago. You've seen some jurisdictions adopt the new 2021 codes, and we want them to become more current, but there's a lot of other jurisdictions that haven't become more current that may still be on codes from 2009 or even later than that. Hinderleiter says a statewide standard would help make new construction and renovations safer by adopting modern building practices and materials. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri House is advancing legislation that raises the age when a school bus driver must get their bus driver license issued annually. Currently, once a school bus driver reaches 70, their license is only issued or renewed for a year at a time. In order to retain their school bus endorsement on the license, they must take the school bus portion of the driver's license exam annually. However, the proposed bill raises the age to when that annual renewal requirement begins to 77. Bill sponsor Representative Danny Busick says these annual requirements are pushing a lot of school bus drivers out. I really feel that schools are the arbiters of whether if somebody's over 70 years old, if they have the cognitive ability to drive a bus. The House passed the measure yesterday and now goes to the Missouri Senate. Missouri's Attorney General Andrew Bailey is suing Planned Parenthood Great Plains, alleging the organization provides abortions for minors without parental consent. St. Louis Public Radio Sarah Fenton reports that the suit filed yesterday cites secret video footage in his suit against the Kansas-based group. Bailey's suit, filed in circuit court in Boone County, claims Planned Parenthood employees in Missouri offered to take a minor to Kansas for an abortion. The suit cites a video secretly recorded by a representative from the conservative group Project Veritas. In the video, the filmer poses as the uncle of a 13-year-old girl seeking to get her an abortion without her parents' knowledge. The suit asks the judge to order Planned Parenthood to stop referring minors for abortions. Missouri has banned almost all abortions. It also prohibits minors from getting the procedure without parental consent or a judge's order and bans people from helping minors get an abortion. Planned Parenthood representatives say the video is heavily doctored and that they follow Kansas laws, which require minors to get parental consent. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis's former medium security jail could be an animal shelter, industrial or prairie site, or used to generate solar energy. 
That's according to a commissioned report. The re-envisioning the Workhouse Committee spoke to thousands of residents to explore ways to repurpose the empty North St. Louis jail and its surrounding 30 acres. The report, which was released Wednesday, also suggests the city erect a memorial marker for those who died or suffered in the jail. Inez Bordeaux is a member of the committee. This entire process has been about how do we take something that has harmed so many and turn it into something that brings joy. The committee didn't recommend on-site housing because the land is environmentally toxic. An Illinois judge who booted Donald Trump from the ballot is agreeing to put her order on hold as his appeal plays out. Dave McKinney has more. The move by Judge Tracy Porter allows Trump to stay on Illinois' ballot during his appeal or until the U.S. Supreme Court decides whether he's constitutionally eligible to seek the presidency. Porter made a national splash Wednesday when she sided with objectors to Trump's candidacy. She held he was ineligible for the presidency on grounds he fueled an insurrection on January 6th, disqualifying him under the 14th Amendment. Her order made Illinois one of three states to remove Trump from the ballot. But Thursday, Trump's campaign appealed that order and asked that it be stayed, and Porter agreed. This is Dave McKinney. Veterinary medicine was once a profession dominated by men. In the past 15 years, though, women have become the majority of practicing veterinarians and students. Despite these changes, some areas of the field still lag behind. Harvest Public Media's Lily Halloran looks into why rural animal practices are still largely male-dominated. Dr. Bailey Lammers admits running her own veterinary practice in rural Nebraska can be a challenge, especially with family at home. When she first started Gavin's Point Vet, Lammers says she constantly juggled new motherhood while trying to build a stable client list. It's a lot more challenging, I think, for the mom, especially with newborns and everything, to be away and have to go on calls in the middle of the night to, you know, pull a calf or those kinds of things. At the start of her career, Lammers faced clients who were skeptical of her abilities. Some would even call, specifically asking for a man. Lammers says most of her clients now are really understanding that she's also got a family. And so the ones that don't believe that I should be doing what I do because I am a mom or a, a woman or whatever, those are just not my clients. While nearly 70% of practicing veterinarians are women, the percentage studying is even higher at 83%. Kate Zarney is a second-year veterinary student. She says while interning at a rural practice in Wisconsin, farmers were often uncomfortable with having a woman veterinarian make livestock calls. They would have to go with one of their male vets first and be like, no, our vet is good. She knows what she's doing. This is part of what inspired the University of Missouri student to become president of her school's Women's Leadership Development Initiative. That's what this organization is focused on, is giving these leadership opportunities to women and helping them build their skills so that their confidence builds and they're ready to go take on leadership positions in their own clinics. She says there's good reason to support female leadership in the industry because women only make up 40% of practice owners. In rural areas, the contrast is even more stark, says veterinary economist Clint Neal of Applied Economics Consulting. Those practices tend to be smaller, much more isolated, and tend to be more geared towards working with farmers and ranchers and, and people in that aspect, which on the farmer and rancher side is also very male dominated as well. Neil says this means women are unlikely to locate in rural practices, even as those areas experience a shortage of veterinarians. 
and women are also less likely to own a practice. Men who own their veterinary practices make up to $100,000 more per year than their female counterparts. And pay gaps also exist for specialty practices and other veterinarians. There's like no other explanation that's not discrimination based on gender. There's none. That's Dr. Tamara Hancock, an assistant teaching professor at the University of Missouri School of Veterinary Medicine. She says men need to be involved in pushing for pay equity as well. It's not these women need to negotiate more. All these men were able to just negotiate themselves up tens of thousands more dollars. Like, that's just implausible to me. Hancock says the industry still faces plenty of gendered expectations, too, despite the fact that it's now a profession with a lot more women. You know, you pull up in your truck and they call a vet out, but they're not expecting you. And by you, I mean a woman. And you step out and they're thinking there's no way you can do this. And then there's the watch me and you do it. Back in Nebraska, Lammers has built a practice despite those kinds of experiences. She says with the current shortage of rural veterinarians, it's something the industry needs to reckon with. We're going to need everybody to help, you know, raise animals and keep them healthy and keep our food supply healthy. And farmers, she says, will just have to get used to calling a woman. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Lily Halloran. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including St. Louis Public Radio. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Jonathan All, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.